Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy, Soul Hooks of the Jobber Tears podcast. And I am here with a very special guest. She's the hottie, the Mick hottie. She's the girl on, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube that's getting the boys' pants so hot, but also at the same time, <laughs> dropping knowledge about professional wrestling. What a devilish, devilish combination. <laughs> but hold up. It's her, Issa. And she's also named the Demon Diva. What's up? Yes. What's up? What's up? I'm so happy to be here. I feel like it was about time we connected. It's, it, yeah. it, it took me by surprise that we had just met on Friday because I feel like you've been around, but I didn't realize we never actually met. How is that possible? <laughs> I think because we're all, we're, Twitter makes you feel like you know somebody, even though you don't know. <laughs> right. Them. <laughs> correct, correct. But we we probably been to so many of the same events. We were like literally in the same area. Yeah. I, I always um it always blows my mind that a lot of times the local New York content creators or wrestling podcasters or whatever, I end up meeting at like SummerSlam or like all out. And I'm like, why didn't we just have coffee? That would have been so much easier, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but then us New Yorkers have like crazy busy lives. We're doing like five five million things at one time. Uh, yeah, that's that's a fact. So where do we start? It's been a crazy couple of weeks in professional wrestling. You've been yeah. putting out content out of kind. You've been traveling to, traveling all over the, the country for this content. So yeah. first things first, I know you got a vlog coming out. SummerSlam. You were at SummerSlam. Talk about yes. your experience. Talk about how you felt about the show. Um. So... It's, it's very weird because I feel like my take on SummerSlam would have been completely different if you asked me before I went to All Out, right? Okay. I thought SummerSlam was a lot of fun. I was I love Vegas. Vegas is my second favorite city after New York. So if you tell me Vegas and wrestling, I'm going to try to be there, right? Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to see the stadium because I'm a big arena nerd. I love visiting new stadiums, which I thought Allegiant Stadium was absolutely beautiful. State of the art. Their tech sucked. We'll get into that. But um, so the show itself, I found myself, the matches that I was there for, I enjoyed them. Roman Reigns and John Cena, Seth Rollins and Edge. I I have very mixed feelings with what went on with Bianca and the, and the man. And I feel like that kind of drained the crowd a little bit. Love the Priest and Sheamus match. I thought in the beginning of the show, that really was a pickup. I didn't... I thought the RK Bros were going to win, so I was kind of like, let's just get this match over with the tag team title match because I just wanted to see them win. Um, mm -hmm. But once... So Becky Lynch is my favorite. Everybody knows that, right? So when I hear her music, of course, I want to get so excited. I'm like pumped. And then what happens, happens. And I felt robbed of the Becky Lynch return because I couldn't be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't do Bianca like that. Even though this is my favorite, I couldn't... I couldn't go into full mark mode because I was like, that's not how you should have booked that. And I felt like the energy from the building and the fans themselves was drained onto Edge and Seth. I, I felt Edge and Seth brought it back. And then we had, you know, John Cena. There was a lot of matches that didn't need to be in the car ultimately. And because the technology failed, we couldn't drink. We couldn't eat because it's a cashless venue and um, they, their system crashed. So they couldn't take your payment. So we had really? to watch SummerSlam sober. Yes, yes. There was no alcohol. There was nothing. So I got a drink when I first got there when it was still working. But then after that, you couldn't get anything. Wow. So you can imagine a show that long without any snacks, without any. At one point, I think in the upper level, they started giving free slices of pizza to people. But I was in the club area and they there's nothing they could do. Jesus. I didn't know it went down like that. Jesus. Yes. 
And also, like, SummerSlam felt like one of the... It felt like a guinea pig event for Allegiant Stadium. For example, Uber still didn't know where to drop you off. So when my Uber yeah. picked me up, they were like, we have no clue where the Uber drop-off is for Allegiant Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're New Yorkers, so, you know, we're going to figure out the Uber or taxi area no matter what. Yeah. So I was able to find it pretty easily on the way out. But mm-hmm. on the way in, I was at the mercy of him who left me pretty far out. I had to walk a whole last bridge to get to it. So it was, it felt very experimental, you know, with, with what was going on and the people getting in the lines are not connected. Like somebody didn't want to let me in saying my bag was not clear, but it was a see-through bag. Like obviously we attend enough shows to know what policy on what arena. So I literally moved two lines down and that person lets me in. And I'm like, you guys clearly don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> but listen, I enjoyed it. I have fun, but a lot of it just had to do with some of my favorite people were there. I love Brock, I love Roman, I love Becky. I did think the show was a little too long and underwhelming, but there was a lot of emotions for me. My first show back since the pandemic, so I was going to enjoy it, even if you put a shitty card. Sorry, I don't know if you can curse here or not. But even if you put a crappy card, I was going to enjoy it because I love attending wrestling events. And not getting to do it for over a year and a half, I was craving it. So as soon as I walked in and filled the crowd, I was happy. But I really, really think that Bianca and Becky match kind of like took a turn. I I ended up walking around going to meet people and see everybody and didn't go back to my seat until Edge and Rollins. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned that that, um, there were certain matches that you didn't feel needed to be on the card. Can you tell me which ones Mm -hmm. you felt didn't need to be on the card? Uh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Yo, <laughs> son, son, son! Like I'm telling you this right now. I love Drew McIntyre. Love. No, you- no. I love I Drew. Drew. I love him. But I yeah. swear they're shooting themselves on the foot every time they put him in a feud. I was like, yo, this is. First of all. This should be a blood type of feud. This should this 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 should be like y'all really fucking each other up. Like y'all friends, y'all were in the history Rams between them. Both of them left. Jinder came back, wins the title before Drew does. Jinder could have been like, bro, why are you trying to do what I did? You know, like they could have made such a good story, but they made it about a motorcycle and a sword. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, yo, what the <sighs> fuck are you guys talking about the sword? Now I get it. History, whatever, but I don't give a fuck about a sword. I don't give a fuck. They about were selling sword. them. They had that ginormous tour that they, they did the WWE shop, and they were selling little like blown up swords that lit up. And I'm like, okay, so this feud is for the kids because not even the kids were into it. Because it's it's bad. It's yeah, completely bad feud. And you have people yeah. who can go because I love both of them. If anybody knows, I'm a huge mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal fan. Mahara in the building. Part of the part of the army, but they fucking up my people hard. Fuck. Look, I think I think his entrance music slaps. Okay, Jinder Mahal's entrance music hits, and I want to belly dance for the entire time that that song plays. Um, Drew McIntyre, I thought was so much better when he was a Scottish psychopath. Came out with the hair on his face, the long coat, and I think I think Drew is a kind of person and for me, right, in my opinion, that I want to see my favorites wrestle because he puts on a good match, but I never root for him, if that makes any sense. Once he won that title, they turned him into such a goofy baby face. I'm sorry, I had shades of Roman 2015 run where he was just, like, cutting the dumbest promos and 
I didn't like him, but I give him the respect that he deserves for caring throughout the pandemic. Because how do you know you don't have a you don't have a crowd to react to you to your promos to how you're doing? But he's just so fucking goofy to me that I just I just cannot get behind him right now. Yeah, I'm a goofball, so so I kind of like him. I'm like yo, no, but you're not a goofball like that. Like no, 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 no. Okay, what? You know the whole thing of it is he puts me to sleep when he's telling those stories backstage, those history lessons that he does. But I'm okay with it if it leads to something. It don't lead to. It doesn't lead to anything. I'm like yo, I be where we go with this. I talk about the sword. I yeah. I. Oh, that's what we just talked about the sword. Oh, okay. You're not going to kill nobody with the sword. Oh. No. What was the point of introducing the sword? Thank you. I'm like, if somebody's not getting their head cut off, we should not be having this conversation. Like, <laughs> look, look, like this is some Mortal Kombat shit without the violence. <laughs> Imagine if you were to hit a fatality in the game and it's just like a poke. Like, poke. One, two, three. Yes, like, no, exactly. no. It, it was it was dumb. That was one of the matches. I didn't think the Mysterious and the Usos needed to be on the card. We've seen it so many times. And because we didn't get the Dominic turn, I thought unless they're going to do the turn on the Mysterious, like one of them turning on the other, I didn't think we needed to see it on the SummerSlam card. That was another match that I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know? And I didn't think the Usos were going to drop the gold because this bloodline having all the gold is a good storyline right now. So... You know why? Why put that card there? I even I would even go as far as saying that Bianca and Becky didn't need to happen. They should have let Bianca beat Carmella in ten seconds and have Becky come out and have a face off and announce the match for Extreme Rules. That's how that should have gone. That way you can still get the pop for Becky coming back and you don't bury a woman that you spent an entire year and a half building. Yeah, that 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 is true. So we're gonna fast yeah. forward a little bit. Do, 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 do. Just get in the car. <laughs> we are in Chicago for All Out. And you are, oh. at, you are at Chicago for All Out. Yes. yes so I'm tell me a little lucky. bit about that. What did you think about the show? In a quick breakdown of that. Listen, I'm about to sound super geeky right now, but All Out was life-changing. Life-changing for me. Because I always been... I, I always been a WWE girl, and I was very actually my original handle was WWE Demon Diva. You know, like I I was like I'm not gonna watch any other promotions. Then I started getting into it. I didn't like how they were doing their women, so I wasn't doing reactions or covering it on my channel. But I always mm-hmm. kept an eye on it. Right. Once they had Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker main event, then I was in. Right. Like now the women are main eventing. We're making progress. But all out was my very first event that I attended for. Um, AEW. Now, getting CM Punk back, come on, like, I mean, we've all been waiting for this moment, right? This man returns and I remember when he left, I was one of those fans that got salty. I was like, fuck him, he left us, you know, he quit on us. As soon as he came out, I forgave him. I was like, okay, I love you again. I'm over it. I'm over it. So, getting to be there for that moment, for me, it was everything that I needed, right? Just to say I was there for CM Punk's first match back. But to me, it felt like I witnessed some kind of wrestling history, like a shift in the air. Like, like I, my, if you watch my reaction video after Daniel Bryan comes out and does that amazing speech, all I can say is like, yo, AEW is not fucking around anymore. Like these guys are here. Their balls dropped that night, and you know WWE has to do something. They might not admit it, but they have to do something. This is legit competition now. This is not just some. Tony Khan spending his extra money on a little wrestling promotion, you know? It was the energy, the fans, the entire weekend was such a different vibe and feel from um from the fans' energy, the the way that the pay-per-view went, where I didn't get to get up 
Okay, I just told you how at summers I'm walking around seeing everybody. Let's take a picture. At all out, I didn't get to get up because I didn't want to miss a moment. So I got up by the time QT Marshall and Paul White. That was the only match that I was like, okay, fuck this. So when I when I went to get, there was no food because I went too late, but I didn't want to miss anything. And in addition to that, the way that the company itself treats media, because, you know, I go of media for my own channel, and I also represent Wrestling Inc., because I do a podcast with Wrestling Inc. Congratulations on it's, that, by the way. Thank you. It's very different. With WWE, it almost feels like you have to beg them for, you know, to get any kind of interaction with these wrestlers, where AEW is always just willing to let us talk to them. I was, I got lucky enough to be staying at the same hotel as Talent, but the way that they walk around and the way that the vibe, even in the hotel... In Vegas, I was also in the talent hotel, and the vibe was also completely different. It was so stressful and this and that. Where in in Chicago, they were just walking around. They were, I mean, they they got annoyed at some of the fans that were there like two a.m. Like, okay, bro, you're kind of like overdoing it now, right? But the during the day, respectful fans were getting their autographs and everything. And the way that they treat us content creators, I respect that because I feel like, listen, ultimately, you need people like us to talk about your product. You know, whether we have one viewer or thousands of viewers is more people learning about your product because of people like you and I. So treat us with a little bit of respect. Like don't make don't make it seem like we're not good enough to get an interview with one of your guys, which I don't like that about WWE. If you don't have a big network or name value behind you, you're never going to come near one of their guys. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? So I, I have a lot of respect for the way that AEW treats um, the media and the content creators. Nah, that's that that's dope. Tell me a little bit about your gig with Wrestling Inc. real quick, if you can talk about that. Yeah, of course. So I, I do the podcast for Wrestling Inc. and I cover NXT. Uh, we'll see how that goes, right? We're, we're going to see what happens with NXT. Um, and I cover Rampage and SmackDown. So I go live on Wrestling Inc. after NXT and after Rampage and SmackDown with Alfred and Glenn. And we recap the show, give them our thoughts. Alfred Alfred has been on the has been on Coffee Talk and has also been on Jobber Series. Great guy. Um, Love Alfred. Alfred is amazing. But NXT is changing. NXT is yeah. going to, in a different direction. Mm -hmm. To be honest, nobody knows what, what direction it's going to. I mean, all we know is we see a colorful logo, very reminiscent <laughs> of AEW when they started with the splashing <laughs> of the paint. Right. <laughs> but Miss Demon Diva. What do you think is going to happen? What do you, what are your predictions of NXT? I don't know. I, I I go back and forth on this because I have such love for NXT. But you know what NXT I'm talking about? 2015, 2016 NXT when we had you know Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura. Like yo, we were so lucky to get that NXT, and I don't know that NXT would ever get back to that. You have people. Like, and, and I'm, listen, my bachelor's degree is in business management, right? So sometimes I try to look oh. at it from that perspective. Well, and you, you have people smart. like... Ladies and gentlemen, she's beautiful <laughs> and she's smart. Look at her. She got a degree in business. That's what her Thank channel you. be <laughs> <laughs> Three degrees, actually. I have three degrees. But listen, not gonna, not gonna talk about that. The thing about it is that I try to look at it in that business perspective, right? And the way that I see it is that you have people like Roman Reigns tell me... Who can, who can beat Roman Reigns right now? No one. You need a developmental brand. And that's what NXT was meant to be from day one. Triple H did something amazing and got it to take off, but NXT is supposed to be where, where they build talent. So when you have a monster like Roman, you have people coming up to try to fight him. So I can see why somebody will say, like, well, we got to reel it back a little bit. But 
because of what we know of how WWE does business, I can see this being a petty move on their end because NXT didn't win the wars. So, you know, I go back and forth. I do think you need a developmental because tell me right now, besides Roman Reigns, there's nothing going on for WWE. There's nobody coming up, being built up. You have Samoa Joe, love him. I think him coming back is amazing, but he's the NXT champion right now or your developmental brand. It just doesn't seem to be clicking. And a lot of these talents seem to be unhappy. Otherwise, they wouldn't be jumping ship. So this is my thing. And you and I am going to piggyback off what you said, but I'm going to talk a little bit different. The problem is, what people don't want to admit, NXT came at a right time. Yeah. NXT came at a time where there was no AEW. So all the mega superstars on the independent scene, Tyler, Tyler Black, um, Moxley before before he turned to Dean Ambrose. Uh, you had Samoa Joe. You had a bunch of ROH guys. You had different guys from all these independent promotions who were red hot yeah. in on that circuit. So AEW pops up now. They took all the current hot independent guys and brought them to AEW because people forget that. The Bucks were were one foot away to going to NXT. Kenny was almost about to go to NXT. If Tony Khan never came, the Bucks would have been in NXT and and in WWE. We forget that. Yeah, there was there was no options for these mega superstars in the Indies to go anywhere. And I remember the impact that it had when they showed that next big name sitting on the crowd at an NXT takeover and we all freaked out. You know, that those moments were so freaking awesome. But I was having a conversation in Chicago with a group of fans and I said, and I stand by this, AEW wouldn't be here without NXT. So AW, I, I want that because AW feels more NXT than it in the beginning. Now it feels bigger, but in the beginning, AW felt more compatible to those old days of NXT than it did a Raw or a SmackDown. No, you're 100% right. When you look at it, it's this is NXT was it was the independent scene. NXT was yeah. for the NXT fans were are AEW fans. Correct. They're not main roster fans. And now you have a, a couple of main roster people or flagship roster, like mm -hmm. Raw and SmackDown fans who do watch NX, who, who do watch AEW, and they'll watch right. Rampage as well. But majority of the fans are former NXT people who's like, oh, this is these are people who like independent wrestling, who know who know about ROH, who are familiar with other yeah. promotions outside of WWE. So if this is the reason why NXT is struggling because they don't have a plethora of talent to go pick out. Now they legit have to build talent. Because when you, when you look at it, Finn, Samoa Joe, all these other established. guys came in. They were established. They were established. They knew how to wrestle. Mm -hmm. They knew how to put stories on. They knew, they knew what to do. Right. Yes, they had to adjust the way that they wrestled to the WWE style of being on the road 300 times out the year, so they had to work a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, they already had star power. Now, will I say they were superstars? Right. No. They were, they were they mega, mega stars? No. They were stars, though. And I think coming to NXT, and you hit it on, you hit it on the nail. Shout-outs to you for that, because that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Yeah. It makes perfect I, sense on that. I, I, I want to see where they go, but do I think they could use a little a little 
Botox, a little, you know, cosmetic enhancement. Yes, NXT has looked the same for a long time and it doesn't feel the same. So why not change it around? But I do think that there's something to be said with some people never coming up because that was like, I feel like NXT, the way that I look at it is like seasons, right? You have a, the seasons of Finn Balor, the season of Shinsuke, the season of Samoa Joe. And what they did was you had these stars and then they came up and then you will build it again and we will get behind this new season, the Undisputed Era, Asuka, Shayna Baszler, right? It felt like we will fall in love with these people that will come up and then we had to reset with NXT. And I feel like I haven't felt that reset with NXT again in a while. And that's because you had a lot of people that have stayed down there for a long time. No, no, no hating because I love him. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Pete Dunne. There's so many guys that have been there for an eternity now. We call them lifers, but it's like NXT is never meant to be a lifer thing. You're supposed to develop and move on, you know? So I do think that NXT does need a little something, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that going into that direction of creatively the way you book a Raw I'm not going to say SmackDown. I think SmackDown is a good show. I, I think, I personally think, I don't know if it's controversial, there's something to enjoy in every single show right now. Even Impact. If you look hard enough, there's something to enjoy in every show. Even Raw, because I love RK Bros, and I think that they're doing an amazing job with Damian Priest and me, hoping that we finally get a Hispanic superstar, that they don't fuck it up. I have all of my ships on this Damian Priest <laughs> table, you know, because they always mess it up with the hispanic star so i'm like listen please let this guy like be it um but i think there's something to enjoy in every show but nxt has been weird to watch it's very hard to become invested in it it feels like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you build raquel amazing there's nobody to beat her where the nxt women's champion was always the hottest women's championship there was you know what i mean like you had asuka who's gonna beat the streak you're building Shayna Baszler over here. You have all of these people just coming after you, the four horsewomen. Right now, to me, it feels like nobody could beat Raquel, so why should I care? You haven't built anybody. So, yeah, I do think they need a change. Am I scared? Yes, because of what they're saying with Vince and Bruce getting more involved. But prayers and thought to Triple H, we don't even know if Triple H is not a part of it because he can't. We don't know what he's going through right now. So we, re- we saw some news about Triple H this week. He might need some time away from NXT, and that might be why some of these changes creatively are happening. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I'm just saying it needs a change, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and see where it goes. Yeah, that that was a lot you said. Um, I want to pull out one something you said. I'm gonna pull it out. Like, whoops! <laughs> you mentioned getting the right Latino Hispanic champion. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that of the representation of Latinos slash Hispanics in the in the wrestling industry? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, right? You know, I, I always like have this banter online because you know, being from here, you see so many New Yorkans, which are your Puerto Ricans that are born and raised here. And us from the island, we have a special kind of pride because we're like, no, we're real Puerto Rican. If you were born and raised there and survived it, because God, the crime rate there is horrible. But I was born and raised there, right? So when I fell in love with professional wrestling, I fell in love with Capital Sports Promotion, Carlitos Colon, Invader Gonzalez, like all of these guys and the local promotions down in Puerto Rico. I didn't have cable, okay? So (laughs) that's all I could watch. So when I started transitioning, I even think, I think Eddie Guerrero was probably the biggest thing as far as, as being booked the right way, you know, in WWE. But I don't feel like there has ever been that big, 
star that when you think professional wrestling, who do you think of? Yeah, you think of Eddie probably right now. I think of Carlitos Colon. I love him, right? The, the father of Carlito. Like, he is shit to us. He's like a god in PR and he does no wrong. But there has never been a big Hispanic WWE champion with a good run, dominant run. I mean, Eddie's shtick was that he cheated. I want somebody that's going to show up and kick ass because that's the kind of people that we are, you know? And I just don't, I, I never seen it. And I think Eddie actually got bigger, may he rest in peace, after he passed away. I think people went back, watched his work, and appreciated him more after he was gone than they did when he was here. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. it's a weird thing. It's true. It's true. People were not talking about Eddie Guerrero as much when he was here as they did after we didn't have him anymore, which tends to be a horrible thing that happens when somebody that we appreciate and love passes away. We we kind of give them their flowers a little too late, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I really just want that representation. And for me, being a woman of color, it goes through all minorities. I remember busting in tears being there when Kofi Kingston won, right? And like just feeling like, okay, the, this is changing. Things are finally changing. Women are main eventing. And for me, I feel like the last little thing that I just haven't been able to see is that moment for for a big Puerto Rican, like Latino, Latino, period, to happen. I think Andrade looks like a million bucks right now. I hate what they're doing with him in AEW. I, have, I just don't think he's clicked there yet, but I have faith in them because I think Miro was horrible in the beginning and look at him now. I feel like they do a good job at tweaking things that aren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andrade in NXT felt like he could be that guy, you know, but size wise, I feel like Damian Priest has everything that they could want, WWE that is, to kind of like really put his big, he looks cool. Like I feel like Damian Priest comes out and he just looks cool. He doesn't have to force it. He doesn't have to do anything. You put him with Bad Bunny, who is another god in my world, you know, listen, a lot of people were giving me shit about that, but I was like, that moment for me was huge. Bad Bunny's from my hometown, so when he was announced from my actual hometown, I cried, because nobody knows what the fuck Vega Baja Puerto Rico is, you know, so it was big, (laughs) and I think think that Damian Priest could be that guy for WWE if they don't mess it up. He has the size, he has the look, he has the outreach, he's you know, but then they don't put it. They didn't even put him at MSG on Friday. They brought us your guy, Drew McIntyre, but they don't bring Damien Priest, who's from New York. Come on, man. Nah, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You're right on that one. You're right on that. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, how did you enjoy the SmackDown show in MSG, by the way? I think it was. Um, listen, I, 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 as cliche as it sounds. MSG is a special arena. You enter that place, and I feel like even if it's a house show, I feel like the energy is there, right? You've been to MSG house shows, I'm sure. The energy that you felt on TV on Friday is always there when you show up at MSG. But there is a certain expectation, and I know that Vince McMahon is obsessed with MSG, right? He loves MSG. So I feel like there's such a high expectation. Um, The demon coming back, the show felt... It felt very like all out. I couldn't get up from my seat. I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't think that we're gonna give Seth and Edge that much time. I think that match ended up being an audible that they called and let said just let them fight because they were kicking ass, you know. But Brock, um, finally seeing Brock as a face, I think it might work. I know we were all speculating like can Brock really talk on his own and be a face. I thought he did a good job on Friday. The show felt great overall from beginning to end. I know that there were some people cut and I didn't realize any of that until after when we were, you know, at the after party and I'm seeing the women are trending. I didn't realize they cut 
Selena Vega, which to me, that's very tone deaf, given the circumstances of this week and what it means to her. You could have cut back, I just said, you could have cut back from set and edge and even make it like a couple of minutes just to let her come out and enjoy the audience. But the show to me, it felt like there was not, there was not a miss. And that's, that's awesome because SmackDown to me, there's always one or two segments that you're like, oh yeah, whatever. Not, not Friday. Friday felt hot from beginning to end. Now nah, Friday was, Friday was fire. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little sad about the demon coming back. It's gonna take the L, but you know. <laughs> I, I mean, we we gotta give Roman new people to kill, right? Yeah, but not the demon. Like, 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 why couldn't you just let the rematch happen and bring back the demon for like somebody else? Shinsuke, bring back the demon for Shinsuke. And make the IC title matter. You know what I mean? Like, or or do the demon after you draft him Valor away from Roman. But the moment was so good that I don't care. But listen, look at my nickname, Demon Diva. I have a special love for the demon. And to see him come out, it was like a bittersweet moment because I'm like, finally. And then I'm like, shit, he's gonna lose. <laughs> uh, well, I have my thoughts on on Finn. That's a different conversation. You know, I don't think. Well, I would love to hear it though. I don't. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's blockbuster. Okay. I don't think I can, he's blockbuster. I, I think the. I think Finn is amazing. I think he's great. Yeah. I don't think he's. If if this was basketball, I don't think he's your first star. Your first star. He's your I second agree. or third. I but, agree. I. In a smaller promotion, he is the star, which is NXT, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, anything else he goes to, he's the star there. But when it comes to that, right. like I don't even think this is this this may be my hot take. Even if he went to AEW, he wouldn't be the top, he wouldn't be the mega top guy. But not right now. <laughs> not, definitely not right now. He would mm -hmm. he would be put lower and at the car. And I understand why where he's at right now, but I do think he is a star. I don't think he's blockbuster. I don't think he's a mega star, but he's still a star. But I've never, but I look at him as like, you're really good. And you would right. be a co-star in whatever movie you, you, you did. Correct. Remember what I told you earlier about Drew McIntyre, how I want yeah. my favorites to go against him because he puts on a good match. That's how yeah. I feel about Finn. The thing that I always go back and forth with Finn because I love him. I don't think, I'm, I'm, I like bigger size wrestlers. That's just me. Like, it's very, for me to like a cruiserweight or somebody like smaller, then maybe it's because I'm older. I don't know, you know, the old school mentality or the big guys kicking ass. So I don't know if it's a size thing, but the thing with Finn is when I find myself invested in Finn, it's because he's doing the demon. Those years that he didn't do the demon, I was over him. And I'm like, okay, so you're an entertainer. You might be good in the ring, but you're an entertainer. If what I want to see is the demon entrance and the face paint and all of that, and then once it's over, okay, cool, that was cool. Let me go grab a beer and then sit back down. You know what I mean? So I feel like Finn, when it comes to my investment in him, when he's the demon, I'm like the biggest freaking fangirl. We stand, we simp. But when he's not the demon, I don't care. Nah, and, and, I, and, I told, and I totally get that because it is a character that that like, it it pulls people in. From, yeah. what, from, from what I heard, when he was in NXT, he broke records merchandise wise because of the demon. He had to. He had because to. of the demon. Like... Um, the demon stuff he did. Like I think he was making more money off merch than yeah. his actual contract. Yeah, and the kids love it. The adults love it. The women love it. And he was doing all of the special entrances. Remember in London, he did like yeah. the Reaper. He came out with the chainsaw in Texas. Like he was really putting a lot of effort into what he was doing when he was doing it. 
I'm telling you, I, I actually spotted it first and you can see my reaction video. She plugged on my channel because we were there and I had the camera on my face and Roman is talking and I saw the smoke. And because they teased it last week, I'm already screaming, the demon, like 10 seconds before the lights even go out. And Mimi's like, what? And I'm like, the demon. <laughs> and the way that I marked out, it made me realize, because I always tweet, every time Finn Balor will have a match, it will be guaranteed that I would tweet, like, I'm just reminding you all that I, I missed the demon. All right, that's it. Keep watching, you know. <laughs> so, of course, that moment was huge for me. But the demon going against Roman, I just don't think it's smart. But at the same time, I like the idea of everybody wanting to go after Roman because he's made that title that hot. So I love the fact that Seth could come for him. Brock's coming for him. Finn's coming for him. That's it. He He's the hottest thing. Why shouldn't everybody be going after him? So I do like that. I'm hoping that at Extreme Rules, and I hate to manifest a screwy finish, but I'm hoping Brock gets involved so the demon doesn't have to lose. Maybe there's a demon. Maybe right. So maybe there's something that happens. Maybe all of these guys that want Roman come out, Brock, Seth, anybody could come out just so the demon doesn't have to lose, and that's how everybody stays protected. Um, but I hate at the same time disqualification finishes because they do them so much that they don't have that meaning anymore. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not meaningful anymore. So. Yeah. Let's get to the question part of the show. All right. Thank you so much. You you are you are great to talk to, by the way. Um, thank you. The first question. You said okay. a couple things you enjoy, but what do you really enjoy currently in professional wrestling right now? Uh I okay, so I didn't watch wrestling during the Monday Night Wars era, right? And I know mm -hmm. everybody on Twitter is always reminiscent about that. And I'm sure that it was a great time, but I didn't get to experience it. So I will say when Adam Cole and Daniel Bryanson showed up in AEW and it really felt like, oh shit, competition is real. I got excited I, uh, of the thought of who's going to show up next. How is WWE going to respond? And it's like a little bit of new generation or maybe people like me who weren't watching getting to experience that little bit of you know, that back and forth, because that's what makes sports fun. Like, you know, you don't go to a subway series because it's New York versus New York. It's because of the banter, you know? And I think the possibility of real competition happening, I'm enjoying that right now. And of course, my default answer is always going to be Roman Reigns. I have been a fan of Roman Reigns since day one. So to see where he's at right now and to see how much the fans are behind him when I had to sit there and curse them all out years ago because they were all booing him. And now they're all like, hey, he's your guy. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're not welcome in my bandwagon, okay? I think Roman is doing amazing. And I always knew he had this in him. So to see him, like, flourishing to this, especially after everything that we know he's been through, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I always knew he could be this guy, but he, like, elevated it. Every couple of months, I like to remind people that there was a time that Roman Reigns had blue contacts in his eyes. Yeah, he was barking. I was, like I was still a fan. I was still a fan. Listen, I when I started going to when I started going to the shows, I would go to Brooklyn and I would take a sign that said um, Roman Reigns gives me Lady Wood just to piss people off because I would walk around with it and people would boo me. And I was like, this is fun. And I, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but the first time I met him, because then it became a hashtag on Twitter. Right. This was back in 2015. People started using it as a hashtag. People would take pictures with my sign. So the first time I finally got to meet him, he goes, how's that lady would now? And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, he knew about it? Yeah, awesome. he knew about it. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> he knew I was doing it because I, I tweeted about it all the time. I'm like, I do it to troll. I love showing up at professional wrestling shows, at WWE show, and seeing grown men get so triggered 
that I like Roman Reigns. This is because I'm a girl and he's hot. No, no, I like, I, I like, I mean, that's a bonus, of course. But I just like, I liked him. I thought he was great. So yeah, yeah. Blue uh, contacts. Those were, those were not the days. <laughs> I still, I still remember when I had a um a friend of the show on, and she doesn't watch wrestling at all. Okay. Doesn't watch wrestling at all, and I posted something like respect the tribal chief, right? First of all, she she like replies. She's like, "Who is he? He is fucking gorgeous." <laughs> yes. <laughs> then I swear to you, I had another five to seven women reply yeah. to my story like, "Yo, who is this man? I'm gonna start watching wrestling because of him." I was like, "All right." How, why do you think my TikTok went crazy on TikTok when I made that? That because I I tweet and say super inappropriate things about Roman Reigns, but I'm just I'm just putting out into the internet what every woman watching is thinking. You know what the funniest thing is? I'm walking my dog the other day and um. There's a girl, she has her dog. She's like, oh, what's his name? I'm like, Roman. She's like, oh, that's a cute name. What you get? I'm like, I name him after my favorite wrestler. So she Googles him and she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, I need to start watching wrestling. And I'm like, sis, I'm telling you. <laughs> the thing is, he'll, he'll, he, if entertainment is two things. If you get the gay audience and the <laughs> women audience, you good. It doesn't matter what be. you do. You or the good. kids, or the kids. You need to get the gays and the women, or the kids and the families, which is like exactly. what John Cena had. Which is why I kept saying at SummerSlam, I'm like, this is the feud of the PG-13 versus the grown and sexy. Roman Reigns <laughs> is for the grown and sexy, and John Cena is for the family and the kids. <laughs> that, it, it's, it's, that's, you're, you're 100% right, because he's winning out here, and it's most, and I'm not talking about one or two, it's multiple times I've no, seen no. people like, if I post something, or they'll I have my homegirls like hit me up like yo, who's this Roman Reigns guy? He's really cute. I'm like yo, yo, the wrestler. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You got, you got it. And, and I and I get why. It's, yeah. All right. Next well, question. I just want to add that he smells amazing. Any women watching this? I've been very close to him, and he smells as good as he looks. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, 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 I'll put take that my word for it. Take, we'll take your word for it. So, next question. What do you currently hate in professional wrestling? Uh, listen, this is a this is a, a mixed take here because I think the community and the fans can also kind of turn you off from it. Mm -hmm. I hate the you have to pick one. I hate the you if you like can we just share opinions without attacking each other, you know? And I hate that there's like I feel there's like a stigma and I've been trying to fight it of what wrestling fans look like or act like. And like every time I tell people oh, I, I watch wrestling and on the side I cover it and they'll be like, What? You don't look like a wrestling fan. I'm like, what the fuck is a wrestling fan supposed to look like? What is your stigma, right? Because if I tell you I'm a Yankees fan, you're like, Yeah, yeah, go Yankees. But if I tell you I'm a wrestling fan, you go, Whoa, whoa, you watch that? So I'm trying to find that stigma, but I feel like if we're all going against each other instead of coming together as a community, and then we can really like tell people, look, we're a cool community. This is awesome. But it's like, if you never watch wrestling and you decide I'm going to watch SmackDown tonight, I'm going to tweet and you tweet something that people don't agree with, or it might be controversial, you're never going to watch wrestling again because of the replies that you're going to get because we're all against each other. What's up with that? Like, people already think we're nerds. Why can't we at least unite, you know, instead of, like, going against each other? You are preaching to the choir on this one. <laughs> Man, I'd be like, because I'm, I'm open about it. I, you know, I do a lot in the, in the, community, in the community, whatever. And I'm very, very, very 
very protective about the community. Like my clients be trying to make fun of me, and I'm like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> I had one client. Um, he's an Italian dude. I fucking love him. Great guy. And we we had a conversation, and then wrestling popped up in the conversation. And he was like, the com the comedy shit, it's fake. I said, I said, I said, I said, oh. I said, oh. I said, oh. need to relax. And I was like, yo, <laughs> it's not fake. It's predetermined. He's like, nah, it's yeah, fake. It's com comedy that's shit. what I say too. It's like, it's okay, go take a bump. Go take a bump and see how fake it is. <laughs> and I was like, no, it hurts. It's 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 stuff. And he kept going. I was like, you know what? Fifty burpees. That's it. <laughs> I just looked at You know, I was I was gonna talk to you about becoming my trainer because I'm on a fitness routine, but if you're gonna make me do burpees with nah, this relationship, I don't, I don't, I don't, you, you don't disrespect wrestling. As long as right? disrespect wrestling, you okay with me. But I don't want to know. And he kept going. I was like, nah, this is this is good stuff. And I understand you may not like it, you may not want right. to be a fan. And it's totally fine. I get it. Yeah. But what you like, I don't disrespect. So correct, correct. Yep. And and another thing is like, and the reason why I told you it was a mixed take as well is because if you like, I went back and watched my all out vlog when I was premiering it, you know, in the chat, and I'm like seeing so many cool people that I got to meet, hang out with, all of us from different backgrounds, different things, really amazing people, different places. I'm hanging out with Senia, who's from freaking Russia at all out. I have Andrew Sarian who runs a strip club but loves wrestling, and it's just like, look at this amazing group of people that I have actually met. Real life friends. I was at Legends with Mimi. I consider Mimi one of my best friends. Met her because we both love Roman Reigns. And it's just like, I don't want to say, well, the community sucks because I have met so many amazing people. Oh, yeah. But every once in a while, it's so toxic, man. Oh, it's 100% <laughs> toxic. It, it, it's 100% toxic. I met, the community is amazing. I met um, yeah. my ex-girlfriend through the community. And I will always say good things about her. And she was a great girl. We didn't work out, whatever. But Without the community, I would never have had a, in my life at one time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. there's there's beauty behind the madness that we call yeah, the there IWC. is. There is. All right, last question because I know you got to go. You, you got a busy, you got a busy schedule. You got a lot of editing soon. So oh, yes. <laughs> what is your hot coffee take of the day? Um. You know, I'm not going to give you a Roman Reigns one because that's what everybody would expect me to say. So I'm going to give you my second go-to answer. And that is that I think Brock Lesnar is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to ever do it. And he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And I think a lot of people now are kind of like showing him some love and this and that. But Brock was so hated for so long. And I never understood the hate on Brock Lesnar because he is so freaking talented. And look at the heat. Look at the pops. Like, it doesn't matter if he was here yesterday and we see him again, the same pop, the same people that hate him, pull out the phones to record the entrance. Brock is a spectacle. But on top of that, he's very good at what he does. And, like, the determination behind him as a person, I read his book, everything that he ever said he's going to do, he will accomplish even with his condition, which I have a stomach condition, so I have very much respect for him to mm -hmm. get up and do what he did after that. I think Brock should be in everybody's top five of all time, and you don't hear his name being mentioned in there long enough. Like, barely anybody ever mentions him in that, and I think that's bullshit. Ooh, you know what's funny? <laughs> I, I interviewed somebody right before you. Yeah. And they had a completely different answer about Brock. It will be up this week, and I'll, you'll see it. But, I gotta ladies see it. and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, 
we finally got the legend in the game, Miss Demon Diva, on an episode of Coffee Talk with Friends. Miss Demon Diva, let people know where they can find you online, please. Uh, NYC Demon Diva is over here. Uh, that's Twitter with a one because they suspended my account. But everywhere else is just NYC Demon Diva on Instagram, on YouTube, OnlyFans if you're over the age of 18. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy, Soul of the Bajaba Tears Podcast. And this has been another episode of Coffee Talk with Friends. Bye.